This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Friday the 13th brings you Scoop Podcast episode 159. Let's waste no time. We will get to Wolves and Lynx owner Glenn Taylor. Glenn, always good to catch up. I hope your summer is treating you well. Let's start with the Lynx. I am still trying to figure this team out after 20 games, 12 and 8, but it's been a bit of a roller coaster from... From your point of view, how do you evaluate these first 20 games of the season? No, I would be the same as you. Uh, it has been um, uh, such a different year. It's uh, hard to figure out exactly why we are playing so well in some games and then so um, poorly in other games. I would say the encouraging part for me is that the coach is very calm about it, very steady. And, um, you know, is um, working with them, you know, to try to, uh, to break that trend. She's making some changes in, in the minutes that people are playing. So, you know, I really have confidence in her. I mean, you look at the standings. I'm looking at the standings right now. I mean, it fluctuates on a nightly basis. You've got so many teams. I mean, one through eight for the most part, with Connecticut being in that eight spot, even Vegas at nine and 12 in the ninth spot. I mean, it seems like the league is as competitive as it's ever been. Well, certainly for a long time, you're right. I mean, it's been very disappointing that we've lost some games, but then you've looked at each of the other teams, other than the Storm is doing a little better right now, but each of the other teams are kind of going through the same thing. So I think you're right. It's kind of a condensed season, a lot of games. Um, It appears the team's at point are are tired um, that you know if we had a, if I had a guess on some of our uh, players why they're doing uh, not quite as well is that uh, it's just been a lot of games and and it's showing up in in some of their shots at the end that they're shooting a little short and uh, that's probably from what you would just say fatigue. Yeah, I mean, you're right with the condensed schedule. I mean, heck, you guys just got done, or you're just right at the end of a stretch of, of eight games in 16 days. I mean, you're playing the same amount of games, but it's it's a month shorter. But, I mean, there has to be. I mean, is it safe to say, Glenn, that there is, there's an internal belief that, you know, the Lindsay's of the world, Simone's of the world, that come postseason time, or as you guys ramp up to clinch a playoff spot, that they can take their game to another level? That's our plan, uh, really. You you see what the coach has been, and Cheryl's been doing. She has certainly cut their minutes. And no matter what, uh, only maybe in the last part of the game where she's throwing them back in, you know, for the last three minutes, to, you know, to make sure that we've we've got some of our wins. But uh, she's cut her minutes, knowing that um, we're still competitive. We have the chance to get that first place yet. And uh, if we do, we want to make sure that these, uh, um, you know, everybody on the team is available, just because if. As of right now, when, when we have two people that are hurt, uh, it's just such a small roster of people. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Sylvia. I mean, she's having another MVP type year. I mean, her numbers are comparable to what she did last year. Maya Moore has an MVP case. You guys just need that third player to emerge. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I would just say that um, Rebecca is probably the, mm-hmm. the person that has, has emerged the, the best. I mean, she's she had such a great year last year, and she's coming back this year and still being strong. So, I mean, it's one of those uh, cases where it seems like she's defying age. 
Uh, she's just like a wine that she gets older. She seems to be getting better. Yeah, and you know, she recently sent what the the rebounding record. What was that like when when I know that you and her had that long embrace? Well, I just I have such great respect for her, and, and uh, you know, her and I are uh, kind of um, a couple of buddies that talk off the court and stuff like that about everything in the world. And she's a wonderful person, so to see her get that recognition i just felt i just so proud of her it was just uh, great to give her a hug and say you know thank you and i'm so proud of you i mean hopefully she can play for another year maybe two maybe more than that but but is she the the type of person that you would like to have in the organization for many years to come yeah though no, i've talked to her about that and stuff like that there she she's talking about she wants to be a businesswoman and perhaps have her own business i mean that's what she has shared with me and, and, you know, she's asking me, um, you know, for ideas and advice and stuff like that. So, you know, I'd like to help her, whatever her goals are. How is Cheryl handling both roles where she's now got the, the general manager duties? In fact, didn't she add a player this week? Yes, she did. Uh, what we're doing is, uh, probably Cheryl and I are communicating more this year than we have in the past. Uh, in that role that she she still wants to talk to people and, and size up her uh, changes and ideas and stuff like that there. But as I indicated, I just think she's just handled it uh, very well, very thoughtful, uh, doesn't jump to conclusions real fast, uh, thinks things through. If I share anything with her, she's probably thought about it for three days before I come up, <laughs> come up with it. So... Um, I've been very pleased with her. Speaking of handling things well, how is Lindsay handling both duties? I mean, that is that is a lot of responsibility to be a Division One head coach while playing. Well, I think she's handling it fine, but I think there's, you know, no matter what she says, there's there's pressure on her because she's she's such a proud, competitive person. So certainly, she wants to do well for the. Um, for the links, but, uh, you know, but also she has this new job and responsibility and, and there's lots of people will be watching her. And so again, she wants to do that. So to me is, uh, you know, she's got a lot of pressure on her. Um, I think she's handling it well, but, but still, um, you know, uh, she wants to pull it both off and it's going to be difficult uh, to do both and give them both the time that she needs, but I think we'll get it taken care of. The countdown is pretty much days now until you guys host the All-Star Game. I mean, we're talking two weekends from now. How much are you looking forward to that? should be fun. I, I'm looking forward. Uh, you know, I've gotten to know it's a small league, so you get to know the people uh, quite well and to put everybody together and have a fun time in our city will be very enjoyable. And it's, it'll be a nice treat for our fans. How much interaction do you have with the league? I mean, how, how directly involved are you in the planning of, of not only the game? I mean, it's it's a celebration. It's it's a lot of things that weekend. Well, I, I really rely on the, uh, the the people at the Lynx and the Timberwolves office to do it. I mean, it's just the way that I do things. We have really good, competent people, and both at the, in the Lynx organization and overall in the Timberwolves who help, help them. So... Uh, I don't have to find myself getting into the details. They they really take care of it. They just advise me where they're going, and if there is a question, um, you know, they they just jump on the phone. We can handle it quite fast. 
On the men's side, is there any talk yet, Glenn, of, of the league going to 1 through 16 playoff-wise as opposed to Western Conference and Eastern Conference? Because clearly, I mean, you look at the Western Conference, Glenn, you guys could have a really good year. Somebody's going to have a really good year next year and miss the playoffs. Multiple teams will miss the playoffs. I'm saying uh, there's talk, but I don't think it'll be changed. I, it just takes, uh, you know, too many teams to uh, – approve of that and and i just don't see that we're going to get the votes out of the eastern division yeah i mean that's uh, the thing yeah i mean i suppose if you're an eastern conference owner you want nothing to do with the playoff format being changed i mean it it would probably be one of those things that came down to almost like you know 15 to 15 you know and and therefore it won't pass you know would you vote to change it though if you could i would i would because i think for the foreseeable future, uh, being where the stars have uh, lined up, it's going to be a number of years that uh, there's some very, very competitive teams in, in the West, and it's going to get it's more than way more than half that uh, probably are going to be the best teams in the East. Uh, you know, maybe you got Boston, but after that, it falls off pretty fast. I mean, I suppose well, Philly would be yeah. coming along. Yeah, Philly's good, and I still think Toronto's got some pieces. I mean, there's some good teams. I like Milwaukee's future, but but yeah, clearly the the Western Conference is stacked. I suppose the solution, Glenn, is to petition to move to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I started that almost 20 years ago, and I haven't gotten any place, nor will I. I know. I mean, they actually, say, yeah. They say if you're going to go, I think maybe Memphis would go before you, Glenn. Why? Why would Memphis go before you guys? Because, yeah, I mean, all, all laughs aside, Glenn, you have tried for years, haven't you, to get you guys to the East? I mean, yes. No, I've said it. I've tried for 20 years, but I'm saying just location. They say, well, you know, Memphis is probably closer and to, to the East and and maybe New Orleans, and uh, they aren't going to get it, so you aren't going to get it. So I don't get very far with that. Yeah, New Orleans has a good case, too, but I'm just thinking – yeah. It's more of a dream that it's a, that it actually would happen. I know. I just I'm thinking of natural rivalries with Milwaukee and Chicago. Yeah. That would be sure. That would sure. be a ton yeah, of fun. Yeah. That's what I say. I said that to us, uh, we're like we came out of the Big Ten. You know, <laughs> our opponents are all uh, the same as we have at the Timberwolves. How involved were you, Glenn, in the recruitment of Anthony Tolliver to bring him back? He's he's an A plus individual. Well, I mean, he made his uh, decision. You know, uh, over some other teams, but uh, you know, I've talked to him, like I oh, talked to people that have played here before. You know, and I know him well, and and he indicated uh, to me uh, when I saw him out at the um, at the the summer league and stuff like this here. He says, "No, you had a big part of it." He says, "I just feel really comfortable coming here because I know the know you and know the players and." He says, uh, our family wanted to come back here, and we liked it here. So he says, you know, I appreciate your, you know, encouragement for me to come back. So, And in your conversations with, with Coach Tibbs, I mean, you feel like that, that he's a good fit for Coach Tibbs? Well, I mean, the coach and uh, Scott, uh, they had him down on their list uh, quite early. Um, I think, you know, at first we had Belly that we – we went out and thought maybe he would come back, uh, but they had a plan laid out um, if he didn't, and and uh, and uh, Tolliver uh, was right at the top of that list. So they had al- already selected him without uh, um, you know any input from me. But 
but uh, when I talked to them, they said, well, we know that you have a relationship with him, too, and that may be helpful. And if we need it, we're going to call upon you. But, you know, once um, Belly said that, uh, or his agent said, you know, I want to leave this open and we want to look out and see if we can get a two-year contract from somebody else, because we only offered him, a, you know, through that, that uh, offer a one-year contract, mm-hmm. and he was just interested in a longer one. Well, as it ended up, you know, we didn't want to wait long, and then we talked to uh, Tolliver, and he said no. He says, I'd love to come there. So we, uh, you know, took him, and then uh, uh, Belly uh, was a free agent, and actually he signed for less than well, what our offer was. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, when, when it all finished up, I mean, he ends up in Philadelphia on a one-year deal. I mean, it looks like, I mean, I, I like Belly. I mean, I don't know if he was used as much as maybe he should have been. You know, I don't know every inner working, but but I do think Belly well, is coach, going to be a really good fit in Philly. Yeah, I mean, the coach liked him, and we made an offer, and the offer was that uh, if he would accept it, uh, we'd appreciate him back on the team. So, I mean, it was a real offer. But on the other hand, uh, once uh, Tolliver said he's interested, we know how fast that could, you know, somebody else could make him an offer. Well, he got some other offers, and uh you know, we just didn't want him to change his mind. We just thought we should grab him when he can. It was interesting. You know, I went through the, the stats with him and Belly and how close they are, you know, uh, mm-hmm. on the, most of their stats. Uh, the difference is that I think the coach probably would maybe put Tolliver out in front because of his defense. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, Tolliver was sixth in the NBA last year in three-point percentage too. So, I mean, just based on last year's yeah. sample size, I mean, Anthony should make three-pointers for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, we and everybody knows we're going to need that. Yes, correct. And uh, the other movie guys made so far in free agency, Derek Rose. I mean, to me, I mean, Derek at times in the playoffs might have been your best player on the floor. To get him back on on a minimum deal, that seems like that's a that's a triple or at least a home run or however you want to term it. I mean, that to me is a really good move. Well, the coach, um, you know, the coach knows him much better than I know him. But uh, once he got here, uh, what surprised me is that he had still had his speed. I just thought maybe he might have lost some of that, maybe because of age, maybe because of injury. But it seemed like when he wanted to apply it, that he could really uh, get past uh, people, which, you know, going to be very helpful with us, with our uh, other guys on the floor there. And uh, so I think the concern will be, as it has been for a long time, that he just doesn't get injured. What else is coming in free agency? I mean, do you figure you'll fill the roster with, with veteran minimum-type contracts? Yeah, I think that's the best way to look at it. I mean, I got the list of who they're talking to, and they're not exactly like, you know, named players. Mm-hmm. I think they're just uh, players that they think that can improve a lot, uh, have played in the NBA for a while, but are not, you know, they're minimum. So uh, they're looking for uh, guys that uh, – the names they have right now are a little younger, but have some experience and believe that they will um, uh, have the ability to, to improve. And also I noticed on all the reports, they say that these guys know how to play defense. And it's, when we look over our, our um, team last year, it was kind of interesting. And when you take our top, starting five guys and compare them to other starting five guys, we were number seventh in defense. I mean, you know, seventh from the best. Mm-hmm. And yet when we threw in our bench guys, 
they were down close to the pretty close to the 30th and it brought our average down quite a bit so it, it really showed that we've got to have that those fellows come in and off the bench to have the ability to play defense and you know the coach and and Scott are really concentrating on that. What about Corey Brewer? I mean, he's not a younger guy, but I hear that he'd have interest in coming back. You know, that that, that would be uh, interesting because the last time he came back, you know, I, I made the call to him personally, and he made the decision based upon that call. And then, you know, at that time, you know, I had said to him the call, I thought we would, you know, have a better record. And we did not. And then, you know, sometime during the year, you know, he called me again and said, well, you know, we're not having the type of year we can, you know, can, would you help trade me? And and I did that, you know, because I, so I think I have a good relationship with him, but I have not talked to him. I don't know what would require to, you know, I don't know if he'd come back for a veteran minimum. That That's probably the problem. I'll let you go after a couple more minutes, Glenn. Always appreciate your time. How how much would you like to get Jimmy Butler signed to an extension this summer? No, well, we 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 offered him the extension, mm-hmm. and they've met and come back to us and said that they're really appreciative of it. Uh, they appreciate that we got to him right away and all that, but they declined it. Which makes sense, right? I mean, just logically speaking, he can make a lot more money just waiting one more year. And that's what they said. They said, "We have you guys have done everything, and we are very appreciative, but our bet is that uh, we should wait till next year and, and we could uh, um, get ourselves a better deal. And, and you know, and, and I just, I thank them for getting back. They thanked us for the offer. I thank them for getting back, but uh, I'm just telling you that's the status, and, and we did everything we could, and, uh, and they want to do, you know, what they think is right uh, for Jimmy. I mean, how much how much danger is there, though, Glenn, in waiting? I mean, what if what if it gets to one year from now, you make him a really nice offer, but another team makes him a really nice offer? I mean, God forbid, Glenn, you can't lose him for nothing. Well, but, you know, I can't control all that. I mean, Jimmy's taking some gamble here, too, that he won't get injured or, 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 or that some for some reason or another he has a bad year. I mean, both of us are taking some risk, and I think that, you know, the main thing is we have to play really well this year and um, be very competitive, and I think uh, Jimmy, as other star players, will want to play on a team that, that does well and has the potential of doing better. Do you buy that Jimmy is still trying to figure out how he, how he can coexist with Cat, with, with Andrew Wiggins, with pretty much everybody, I mean, Jeff Teague and others? No, I don't. I, that doesn't bother me. I think that he just wants to win, and and uh, and, uh, and uh, you know wants to make sure the people around him play really hard. He's just a very competitive uh, person, and maybe not so more than other people, but he's probably more outspoken about it than a lot of people. What his expectations are, and uh, you know, I don't have any trouble with that. I mean. I think everybody that on our team wants to win, and uh, and I just think it's a matter of uh, us staying healthy. We've already showed we can be very competitive and play against uh, just about every team in the West. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, absolutely. I mean, heck, if if Jimmy doesn't miss 20 plus games last year, now every team's had had injury hurdles too. But I mean, heck, if if Jimmy doesn't get hurt, doesn't miss all the games that he did last year, and Jeff Teague missed some games. I mean, you guys might have been as high as, what, the three seed in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I think. Three or four we should have been. 
you know, so, and hey, Denver missed Paul Millsap. Oklahoma City missed Robertson. I mean, Utah missed Gobert for a long time. So a lot of teams had injury hurdles. I mean, you think about the Spurs. I mean, they made the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard for a full year. Yeah. But but I'm just thinking if you guys stayed healthy, I mean, that that to me has to be a big emphasis this summer, just maintaining durability. You need Jimmy Butler to play 78 games for you next year minimum. And there's no reason. I mean, if, if, if the guys can pick some guys up off the bench so that we just, uh, uh, you know, have the guys play the regular type of uh, minutes, uh, that are required of starters, uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, we keep our health. Uh, but you and I both know that the freak accidents just happen and, and you have no control over it. Carl Anthony Towns, I presume he will sign the extension. Is that even much of a negotiation? Well, I don't think so. I mean, he's for the max and, you know, we've, we've already offered it to him so they know what it is. Uh, I think my understanding is uh, – Carl's been, I think, in Europe or someplace, but you know, out of the country, doing some things, either playing or, or on some kind of a uh, tour or, or or something. But he just hasn't been here. And but I think he's going to be back. He's either back or he'll be back shortly. Yeah, I think he just got back the other day. So I mean, is the belief that hopefully he signs the contract here in the coming days or weeks? Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's going to sign it. Uh, it doesn't really make that much difference to me when he does it because uh, um, uh, it is what it is, and and I just want to, you know, make sure that we do it. You know, we haven't put any deadline on it or anything like that. So, I mean, the offer's out there, and and uh, you know, Wiggins last year took a long time for him to do it. It was. Uh, you know, I, I'm confident until we won't have any problem with it. And on Wiggins, I mean, the extension kicks in this upcoming year. I mean, last year was an adjustment for him in many ways, trying to figure out how to play with Jimmy Butler, the other new teammates. I mean, but in many ways, Andrew didn't have the year that we all expected last year. I mean, how much how much better does Andrew have to get? Well, I think uh, he's young enough that he can get a lot better. Um, we did some, you know, checking his as, as you know, we would, uh, with other players in the league that have done really well, looked at them at their age and proved. And it's surprisingly that uh, a lot of these extremely good players, you know, it took them a couple of years to really get it all figured out when they're young. And I, I think Andrew still fits in that mold. Um, obviously, I uh, have expectations of him uh, to be much better this year. And I think the adjustment with Jimmy coming in – has taken a little time, but uh, certainly a guy of his caliber can make those adjustments and uh, and, and and play better. and uh, And I know that that's Andrew's goal too. So we'll just uh, see what he does this summer, what improvements he can make, and and have high expectations of him. And I'm sure the coach and everybody else will ask him to deliver. And I I think that's what Andrew's goals are. And undoubtedly, Glenn, I mean, you want him here. I mean, you know, some people have volunteered, hey, you should try to trade Andrew, see if you can bring in yeah. another star-type player. I mean, you want him here? Yeah, I just think you want to take a person and not give up on him when they're that young, no matter what. I mean, so he's really good, but you want him to be great. I just think you have to be really careful that you don't give up on him. I mean, you think, you go back and look at a, a, a lot of players, and it took them, a, you know, three, four years to – and get better, and then they just keep 
keep getting better, just the, the experience and the confidence. Um, I don't see why Andrew won't be one of those people because he has such natural ability. Glenn, how close are you guys to the luxury tax, or is the luxury tax an issue like next year? Like, let's say Jimmy stays, Jimmy stays and signs a, a big extension a year from now, and you've got Cat and Wiggins, and you've got Jeff Teague making good money and Gorgie Jang. I mean, heck, you would be into the luxury tax, wouldn't you? Well, it's always an issue. Just uh, luxury tax is just like a hammer. <laughs> so, so you uh, you better be really good if you're gonna if you're going to uh, pay it. But I mean, it's it's always been out there, even if we didn't trade for uh, for Jimmy, you know, Zach. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a bunch of guys. So we're going to have to be creative and figure out um, uh, the right balance. I mean, I suppose your thought is if, if next year is a good year, heck, of course you pay the luxury tax. But if it's not a good year, then that's where maybe you need to start thinking about things. Well, sure. I mean, I, that's why I'm saying I don't think you want to get ahead of yourself here. I think you want to see what's what's uh, going to happen next year and also what's available out there. I'll let you go after this, Glenn. How, yeah, how, how do you evaluate the job that, that Tom Thibodeau has done? Well, I think that, um, that uh, you know, one of the things is to get us into the playoffs. Uh, we kind of squeaked in, uh, but we got in. Um, I think the, the reason why you want to hire a, a coach with experience is for the playoffs. So, you know, obviously I want to get a lot further in the playoffs and use his expertise that he knows uh, in the playoffs. So uh, I'm glad we got there in the playoffs. That was certainly our goal. And, uh, you know, the goal next year, was we've got to get further and use his experience to uh, help us uh, push through that and just see if um, for some uh, wonderful reason that we can, uh, you know, get far into it. Is he handling both jobs okay? I mean, heck, it's it's now almost ancient, right, to have the same person be president of operations and head coach. Well, yeah, but he has uh, Scott Layden, and Scott uh, really does a lot of the work. I mean, they're a real team, and it isn't like uh, the coach has to worry about a lot of the duties that uh, Scott uh, takes care of. I mean, uh, Scott is really involved in – and, you know, looking over the recruiting of players, he's really involved in the hiring of the staff, and he takes a lot of that um, time-consuming stuff uh, and let Tibbs uh, concentrate on the coaching and stuff like that. They're a great team. I mean, does and Scott so, challenge Tibbs, Glenn? I mean, I just wonder if there's if there's some resistance there, you know, or does Scott just say, yes, sir, yes, sir, on everything? No, he does. He's a <laughs> – I can see why you might think that because he's just kind of a quiet, mild-mannered type of guy. But uh, but uh, if it's his responsibility in his area and stuff like this here, uh, Scott doesn't have any trouble of, of, of being insistent that uh, he has a voice in it. Good, and I'll let you go after this, Glenn. How how disappointing was, was the whole Rick Brunson situation? Oh, I probably shouldn't comment on, on that just Other better that you guys moved on, that, that both parties moved on? Yeah, I, I just 
I don't want to comment anymore on that. No, that's that's plenty for Glenn. I appreciate your time. I did not mean to to steal thirty minutes of your time. So you're always you're always so gracious <laughs> you, with your time. I, that that part I don't believe. <laughs> well, no, well, you know, I just heck, I, I didn't jot down anything, Glenn. I just I kept rolling with with hey, something hit me in my right. in my brain, and I may as well ask him about it. So right. you you have a good day. You too, Glenn. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Bye bye. Owner of the Wolves and Links, Glenn Taylor. Nice to catch up with Glenn. As far as I know, I don't know if he's talked since the end of the season. So. He's always gracious with his time. Whenever you can track him down, he's obviously a busy guy with with all his business ventures. And he just was in Vegas. He sat courtside the other day at the Wolves game with Anthony Tolliver. So good to catch up with the Wolves and Lynx owner. I had some other goals here for Scoop Podcast episode 159. I have a conversation with Max Williams, JT Brown, Matt Hendricks, Jack Morris, all sorts of of good conversations, but I think I will save those for early next week. I don't know if any are time-stamped. I know JT Brown of the Wild is doing a charity event where he's playing 24 straight hours of Fortnite beginning on Friday night, but that was only a tiny part of my conversation with JT from Friday morning. So I think I can hold that for next week. I think I will let the Glenn Taylor conversation stand on its own. We will call it a Scoop Podcast. So we will call that Scoop Podcast episode 159, recorded on the 13th of July, Friday the 13th. Have a great weekend, everyone. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark the highest-rated dog DNA test, unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.